Hello. Welcome back to Fickle Philly, the podcast. Uh, the last episode was Valerie, uh, our fourth date. It was brunch. And then we walked through the Midtown Fall Festival for a minute and had one drink. And then she went to CVS and then went to her son's football game. Um, I had been kind of having these feelings that although she super liked me on Tinder um, and we've been on a few dates, I'm just not feeling the power. I'm just not feeling the magic, you know. Uh, If you listen to the other girl I went out with, June, that's a funny story. Um, But what I did was I decided that um, while on this uh, date with, well, before I set up the date with Valerie for the brunch, uh, you know, before her son's game, I thought, I want to go to Midtown Fall Festival. Maybe we hit that. It lasted, you know, all 30 minutes. I drop her off. I set it up with June to meet up with her after that. So Valerie in the morning date and then June in the afternoon date. So I could have two dates in one day. But most of all... And based on, if you've listened to these podcasts, I ain't thrilled with either of these chicks. But I'm making my way, you know? I'm making my way in the dating scene. So this is the episode where we're going to pick up. I've dropped off Val. I stopped uh, to go to the bathroom and get a quick drink. And then off to, well, back to the Midtown Fall Festival. So, I know, let's begin with our girl, June Runs With Scissors, the Midtown Fall Festival, um, and let's see what happens here. So, this story, I mean, technically, I said I'd probably not go out with June again, but, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures. Um, Is it a second date? It kind of is. I can't wiggle out of that. I may regret it, but I want what I want, and I'll, and you know, it makes for a good story. You know, you, you've already heard about Valerie. <clears throat> you know, my buddy Johnny wasn't coming down because he had stuff to do. You know, I thought it was going to rain, but it didn't. You know, I really want to go to the Midtown Fall Festival. That's the main thing. I want to go to Midtown, you know, Street Festival. I almost kind of don't care... Who goes with me at this point? I just want to go. So I set it up. I set the date up the night before June, who I know likes to drink. And even though she's no box of chocolates anymore, or maybe she never was, she's fun to be with. So a few days before my morning date with Val, I told June about the street festival and how I'd like to go. And I'd like her to join me after 2 p.m. if she were available. She agreed. And it was on. So I get there. I text her. And within a few minutes, we're together. We hug and agree that we should get a drink. She says, I'll get the first round. 
I am nearly aroused by that statement based on how things have been going on these dates lately. So I am back at the festival. It's in full swing now. I ran into a couple of people, but not my friend with the baby son. How funny would it have been if he saw me with Valerie at 1 p.m. and June at 3 p.m.? I guess it would just solidify my legend in the city. Oh, there's no legend. <clears throat> anyway, the drinks are flowing. The festival's great. June's fun to be with. But again, I'm not feeling the energy. Uh, that amazing light is just not there. I'm glad that I'm doing all this and I'm meeting some new people. But the quest will continue. We stopped on Chestnut in front of a whiskey and jazz bar called Time. Actually, that's not on Chestnut. That's on Sansom. Um, yeah, it's on Sansom Street between like 13th and like Juniper. Um, good place. Good whiskey. Um, I've been there for some events. Drank like a fiend there. Uh, music. They have good jazz bands that play there. Time is a good spot. Uh, there's a good band plan. We're chatting with some folks around us. I was telling June about a new opportunity in which I'm about to embark. You know, I'm telling her about how part of the package is a membership to the Pyramid Club. Uh, the Pyramid Club is a private members-only club on the 51st floor of the BNY Mellon Center at 18th and Market. It has amazing views and it's a great place to take clients. I'm telling her all about it, <coughs> you know, and, and the last time I was there. A co-worker at my last job had tickets to go to a New Year's party there and gave them to me because she was going to something else that night. I reached out to one of the most beautiful women I know to go with me as arm candy. Her name is Sarika. She is Indian and incredibly beautiful and smart. But she is a vacuous, mean-spirited wench that women hate. All of my female friends have warned me about her, and my opinion has always been, she hasn't done anything to me, so... But she is trouble. I invited her to this New Year's thing at BNY Mellon, and she agreed. Normally, I hate New Year's and any shit show that involves amateur night, greatest hits, drunk people. But it was a nice event, and I wanted to look good bringing her with me and being seen with a beautiful young woman. The pictures have, would have been fabulous. But apparently there was some confusion and she thought it was some sort of event I could bring a bunch of people to. And she invited some asshole she's been seeing. I've heard all the stories in regard to this relationship. I think he's enjoying the sex and novelty of being with her, but it's not a match. His family will never accept her. As smart as she is, she's socially awkward and kind of a nerd, which normally I would find hot. A pretty girl who likes sci-fi? It would work, but it doesn't. I mean, it should work. I'll expand on her when I you know, talk about her uh, in the future. But I got pissed that she wanted to bring a date to my $80 a plate event. She's smart, and I was thinking every, everything that everybody has said about her is true. She's awful. And, you know, this makes me think about 2016 when I wrote this. And um, I was a little bit of a bitter bitch back then about that, you know. I have this tickets to a great event, and I want to take you to it. And 
I've taken her to other events and it's been magnificent and she always looks amazing and I adore her. But she wants to bring a guy to it? No way. Anyway. So I ended up going with somebody else and they were fine. I mean, you know, it wasn't even like B team. It was like somebody off my C team. Anyway, so I'm telling June this story about this bitch face and I remember... uh, I finished the story, and within five minutes, this beautiful woman walks by and, and, and by June and says, I like your jacket. And I look over, and it's Sarika. It was such an uncanny moment that I could never, I never could imagine this. June had just gone to the truck next to us to get his drinks, and Sarika starts talking to me. I'm half in the bag from drinking, and she says, What happened New Year's? I just tell her I was in a bad place and it was all misunderstanding because I've had eight drinks and she looks great as usual. I can't disrespect June no matter what I feel or where I am in the day. It was just a surreal moment of all people to show up at that moment. I wish I had been talking about lottery numbers or my last girlfriend and maybe I would summon them up. Maybe all of them. Anyway. June passes me my drink and is on the other side of the table with the other girls that we were talking to. Sarika asked me if I tried to contact her because she has a new number. And I tell her I haven't, which I loved saying. She asked if we can, if she can give me her new number so we can catch up. And like the idiot that I am, I relinquished my phone. It was weird because even before the story, that summoned up this siren, I thought of Sarika earlier that same day when I went on Facebook. You know how now they show that you have memories with certain people on that day a year ago? Well, it came up that I was at a fashion show with Sarika a year ago, and it made me think of her. I thought she had moved to another city for her work, and Philly was rid of her. But no, she's still here to wreak havoc and crush more spirits of the people around her. But my mind went one place, this work. Any contact with her will feed this story. And at this moment, my art takes precedence over everything. So I I tell her I'm glad we're cool and we'll catch up before the end of the month and I'll meet up with her. But I will write about her and be truthful about who Sarika really is. So... Anyway, she moves on and goes back to whoever the hell she's hanging out with currently at some other table. I explain it all the way to June and the other girls, and they laugh at the mad irony of this moment. I did notice that after the incident, June stuck really close to me. She said I should have kissed her in front of Sarika, and I would have done that had I been into her, which sadly I'm not, and Sarika wouldn't have given a shit and would have probably texted me later saying who is that woman you are with not in jealousy but in what were you doing with that old lady like I said Sarika can be a challenge but technically sometimes so am I so June had cooked up a bunch of food the night before and had to go to some event that night so she had to get back home We said goodbye to the girls we had been chatting with and walked back down through the festival, drinking our way through it, of course. 
She lives in Washington Square West. It's a beautiful neighborhood, and she lives on a really great street. We get to her house, and we're out front saying our goodbyes. We're hugging, kissing. Actually, we're making out. I'm drunk. There is some physical activity, but it's her street, and I don't want to disgust her neighbors. However, I did enjoy it. I think in that moment that all these women may have all had a place in my life right now. None of them are the one, but their sum total keeps me amused and busy. And for some reason, I find that very interesting. Anyway, I can drink. I can handle myself when it comes to the bottle. I've only been sipping IPAs all afternoon, and it would take a lot more than that to bang me up. But I'm saying goodbye, and I'm backing up. And I lose my footing when I step onto this ring of cobblestones that border this tree out front of her house. I fall backward. There is this little metal fence about two feet high around the tree. I destroy that wire fence as gravity takes me back to earth. I don't technically fall, more like sit back on the fence, crush it, and slide down the tree into the flower bed around it. June runs down to help me get up. I look like a stupid drunk, but I swear, I'm not. I know what you're thinking. Yeah, you are. But I really did just lose my footing and tripped backward. I'm back on my feet, thanks to June, and we're trying to bend the little fence back into shape. But it is ruined. (laughs) We're laughing, and I dust myself off, and I assure her I'm not a fall-down drunk, And then I'm really okay. And she says, you need to text me when you're home safe. So that was that. I walk down to the corner and summon an Uber. I normally wear jeans that are a 32 waist, but they were in the laundry and I had on a dark blue pair of 34 waist jeans. So I have to wear a belt. But the belt I pulled out of the closet was a really old weathered belt. I've owned it for like 15 years. Well, when I get to the corner, I realize that my pants are really loose because in the fall against the tree, I have blown out the old buckle on the belt. It's still attached to the belt, but it has released from its connecting piece. So my drawers are super loose and I have to hold them up like some homeless dude. But a very well-dressed bum with a lovely French scarf and a blazer. I grasp my pants and get into the Uber. I get home in one piece and I text her that I'm fine and everything's good. And that I had a great time with her. I'm up for maybe two hours and I realize I'm exhausted from all the walking and drinking of the day and go to bed. I slept for at least 10 hours. When I awakened to go to work at, the, at my job, I was completely refreshed. I worked the day and felt great. I met with my friend Johnny after 4 p.m., and he and I went to our usual go-to, McGlinchey's, which is our beloved home. It's a filthy dive that has $2.60 wines and $4 Bud bottles that Johnny loves. We exchange stories, and I tell him all about my weekend. He said he envies my life. We drink and smoke cigarettes. Yes, one of the few bars you can still smoke in here in Philly. We take turns playing songs on the jukebox, and it's the perfect end to an adventurous weekend. He's a good friend and a decent man despite his love of vice. I tell him 
what June is like, and he said he'd love a girl like that. I know June would be wild if I would crack the seal on that one. He says, based on what I've said, I should probably have a good time with her and take her to a place like McGlinchey's. I think he's right. He says, she may, be, may even be down for a threesome. We laugh and order another round. And that is the end of that story. So I hope you enjoyed that. There's more to come, but I think for now, I am going to take a break. And I may do one more story. No, I think I'm going to wait. Enjoy the stories that I've told. Um, and in a little bit, you, what have we got about eight or nine episodes here. I'm going to record some more. And we will go forward with this podcast. And hopefully uh, people listen to it and they like it. All right. Anyway, um, thanks for listening. Uh, go to Fickle Philly at WordPress. Check out my blog. It's massive. It's full of awesome stories like the ones you just heard. And, uh, you know, like I always say, you know, if you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. <laughs>